Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 34. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. As always, a lot of things happening since the last time that you and I got together. It was First of all, it was terrific to see you at ELC, the Executive Leadership Conference in Philadelphia. And I think one of our best episodes ever with our friend Dan Chenick from the IBM Center for the Business of Government. And one of the things that we talked about in that conversation was the fact that Margaret Weikert now is, in addition to being the Deputy Director for Management at, OP, uh, at OMB, has taken on the acting role as the Director of the Office of Personnel Management for whatever length of time she's there or for whatever length of time OPM is there. <laughs> yeah, and one of the points I made so eloquently on that podcast was that the DDM, the Deputy Director for Management at OMB, already has so much mm-hmm. to do, uh, running the management side of OMB, co-chairing or chairing all of the interagency management councils, driving the president's management agenda, uh, add to that running a major agency with some of the biggest challenges facing government. It's a lot to do. Not sure there's a human being with the capacity to do all of that well. Well, uh, my uh, understanding is that the administration is already looking for someone who will be able to manage the agency independently, that the long-term plan is not to have Margaret do both jobs. Uh, so that should be some consolation to her as she tries to do both jobs, at least for the time being. That's right. So we'll get a nominee, and they'll be confirmed in... Sometime in this century. That's right. Well, and that's why I suggested that Based on what happens in the election in a couple of weeks, we might not see somebody confirmed for a long time. It might be another acting person, but not her, so that that person at least can just be the acting director for some period of time. Yeah, that's one of the things that will be impacted by the election. Mm -hmm. And the Senate, you know, people are talking about uh, Democrats getting an advantage in the midterms. The Senate's a place where Republicans could conceivably pick up seats, in which case confirmations might go more speedily. Um, All of the election intrigue and so on is bound to play out over the next couple of weeks because the election is in uh, about three weeks. But there's so many things that can happen. It's two weeks. I don't know how to read a calendar. The, all of that, any, I mean, that's enough time for things to change completely, that something could happen that neither one of us even have any idea is going on in the world. That's why they call them October surprises. The weather could have an impact. Any of yeah. these things could really change the dynamic. Uh, speaking of changing dynamics, uh, an area where the dynamic is changing in government is combating fraud and the tools that agencies have to do that. And one of them is just out and is already making an impact. That's right. And if you listened to FedHead Podcast 25. Episode 25 with Adam Goldberg. That's right. The Bureau of the Fiscal Service, the Treasury Department. Uh, We forecast the release of the anti-fraud playbook. That came out last week in a great event at the Partnership for Public Service. Uh, The Bureau of the Fiscal Service, the CFO Council were there in big numbers to share in what they think is a real movement towards combating a major problem in the tens of billions problem facing the federal government, and that's fraud. And, you know, one of the challenges 
OMB and agencies face is that uh, when you pass laws, you pass guidance on how to implement those laws, you're not done. Agencies hunger for some real practical tips that they can use to actually implement the spirit of those major management improvements. Um, and so the fraud book, the anti-fraud playbook is, is one of the tools to do that. And I highly encourage people to go see it, cfo.gov slash fraud prevention. Mm-hmm. It is featured prominently on the CFO Council website. And we'll link that in the show notes. Uh, what do you think is the significance of the proliferation of playbooks for agencies to use in the last several years? We've had a number of them, customer service playbook and a, a digital services playbook a number of years ago and others. I think it's just that, that you can uh, really help um, give some practical tips. It's almost like a cookbook. Mm-hmm. R- things you can, uh, r- really practical, hands-on things you can do to implement what are sometimes uh, pretty high-level um, guidance documents, laws, to drive management improvement. Uh, in this case, the Department of Veterans Affairs raised its hand and said, we'd love to help develop that to tailor it to our uh, situation, our environment, um, and they used that process to sort of flesh out what they thought would be real practical steps other agencies could take. Is this something that we'll see more of, or, or have we kind of hit a plateau with playbooks, or am I missing the point of it by focusing on the format so much? Uh, I I think you'll see more of them. Uh, the uh, Office of Financial Innovation and Transformation the Bureau of the Fiscal Service at the Department of the Treasury has said it would love for more um, ideas like this one to mm-hmm. proliferate because they've got a real agency with real problems and they can help really tackle something that they think would be useful to other agencies, a real-life experience. What is new in this playbook or what is different is there advice here that agencies weren't following before, or is it more just a kind of a compilation of best practices that most agencies maybe were doing a couple of them but weren't doing all of them? Give me a sense of how that works. Well, I, I mean, I think it's it's um, a number of, of steps that uh, will address fraud in ways that agencies may not have thought of. Mm-hmm. So some will have done it, others may not have. And they can find them all in one spot. What else is on your radar screen the last couple of weeks? Um, well, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, OPM, mm-hmm. and uh, the director um, left abruptly. Uh, the deputy director for management now is in in the acting role there uh, at a time when you're trying to address proposals by the Trump administration to migrate some of it to Department of Defense, some to the General Services Administration. Those activities are ongoing. Um, and, and the Congressional Resurface Service actually published its analysis of the extent to which the administration's reform proposals require legislation. One of the big questions facing that uh, OPM uh, uh, reorganization is whether or to what extent the Trump administration needs statutory authority. In the case of some of those things moving over to GSA, the administration's position is they don't need that authority. Um, That's up for debate. 
also an issue that will likely resurface in the new Congress. One of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was what happens when OMB says it doesn't need congressional approval to do something and Congress says you do need our approval to do something. Who decides that? You suggested at that time that it was generally Congress is going to win those battles. Um, Anything changed your mind in the last couple of weeks? No. uh, They can debate all they want about specific authorities, but one that's not in debate is money. Mm -hmm. Congress has the power of the purse, the power to uh, uh, um, appropriate money for purposes or not. And in many cases, they can say no, no monies can be spent on this, that, or the other thing. This may be one of those other things. So speaking of other things, should we look for the other things when we see a fiscal 2020 budget request in February or maybe March, if that's when it is? Shouldn't that be our next big blueprint of how the administration expects to move forward? And would it be reasonable for me to think, as somebody from the outside looking in, that they're developing some contingencies, depending on what happens in a couple of weeks at election time, how far they want to go with some of these changes that they want to make and how they want to ask for the budgeting to do so. I think you're going to see one of the most ambitious budget proposals from a management reform perspective we've seen in a long time. We've already seen some big proposals, but uh, with the Gear Center, with procurement reform, with the existing uh, 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 reorganization proposals, I think... The administration is gearing up to really um, put forward uh, what I think will be an incredibly ambitious set of reform agendas because it'll be the last budget um, they'll have an opportunity to enact before the next election. The, they're gearing up. I see what you did you there. You like that? That's very yeah. nice. Um, what do you Thanks think, for giving me credit. What do you that. think makes the gear center idea a success? What are the elements that should go into that to make it really work well? Um, it stood up. Yes. It has That's gonna happen. independent sources of funding. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the one of one of the administration's definitions of success is that it doesn't require appropriated funds. So we'll have to see that. And that it's not bound by a lot of the um uh human capital procurement or other management strictures under which agencies have to operate so that it can truly innovate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much going on, and I love getting insight on it and throwing the issues around with you every week, I, my friend. I have to raise a couple more things. Oh. One of one of our definitions of success yes. is engagement with the audience. Yes, we talked about that I, a couple of weeks ago. I got um, a LinkedIn message really? from one of our listeners, uh, Pranav Ravikumar. Hope I got that right. Pranav, thanks for listening, my friend. Pranav's a sophomore at Emory University. Excellent. And he asks whether... Uh, change in control of Congress would impact um, Grant Thornton projects. He's like, um, would they take longer to finish, for instance? Interesting question. What's the answer? Well, I would I would say to Pranav, um, thank you very much for your question. Yes. We're delighted you're listening. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not sure that Grant Thornton projects would take longer, uh, but they might be different, mm-hmm. or they might not exist at all. Right. If, if Congress doesn't like some of the things we're working on or that the administration is working on that we're supporting, those could stop dead in their tracks. That's not to say because it's a Grant Thornton project or not. Of but course just not. just because of the nature of 
Thank you for clarifying of that. Of the change. Of course not. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you, you, you will see agencies needing to respond to much greater demand for document production, insights into their activities, especially to the extent they're affecting employees. Those are the kinds of things that a change in control uh, will impact. And so, Pranav, thank you for your question. And I'll also uh, call out Haley Shea, one of our listeners. Now, here's something that's interesting about this one is that her last name is Shea and your last name is Shea. What a terrific coincidence that is, that we have a listener whose last name is Shea getting a recognition on the show. Well, the reason it's worth mentioning is because there are other Shays who have not asked uh, to be featured on the program. Uh So I'm going to give her a special call out. And until the others do, they're They're coming up with a big donut. (laughs) That's right. That's right. No roses have ever asked to be recognized on Fedheads. Haley is your lovely daughter, of course. That's right. She's she's, uh, studying at New York University, but is a, a proud and consistent listener. She's a delightful young lady. I've met her once or maybe a couple of times, but uh, it's wonderful that she pays attention to what it, her dad it is, is doing. It is sad to say that one of her favorite pad time, pastimes is uh, is uh, playing fed heads in slow mo. So we both sound like we're so we really sound like we're moving really slowly. Right, that was. That was actual Francis Rose there, real live, uh, real time. That was pretty good. Thanks. Well, I didn't know you had that talent. That's a lot of things about me that you don't know, my friend. Right. And probably you're better off. <laughs> uh, another great episode in the books. Thanks very much for uh, having me back. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.